So I see a um, number beginning with 508 ending in 010, would that be? I'm assuming it's the only phone number, so. Um, All right, sorry about that. So we are live and I will bring Glenn. Um, so Glenn, I believe I've just unmuted you. If that's you, if you can um, turn on your mic and say hi. Jim, if Glenn's calling off a phone, does he need to press pound or star? Uh, no, or I believe it's star nine to unmute um, unless you're calling in through the Zoom app. Or um, maybe star six to unmute. Star nine might be raise your hand. Yeah, star star six, Glenn. Just to toggle mute and unmute off a of phone. Okay, so Glenn says he is not on, so I'm not sure who that phone number, we might want to pull them out of panelists. I think that's Angie. Okay. Do we have another member who's willing to chair? Sure. Great. So just to give you some guidance, um, Dalip, so um, you will identify yourself, you'll announce the opening of the meeting, and then just if you can hand it over to me, I'll read the required remote meeting script, okay. if that works for you. Sure. Thank you. Hi, my, na my name is Dalip Jain. I'm acting on behalf of Glenn French, uh, Chairman of the Board of Health, and I uh, uh, propose that we get the Board of Health meeting started for December 14th, 2021. And I'm gonna hand it back to uh, Dr. Black. Okay, thank you, Dr. Jane. Um, members of the Board of Health, this meeting of the Northboro Board of Health is being conducted remotely consistent with Governor Baker's executive order of June 16th, 2021, an act relative to extending certain COVID-19 measures adopted during the state of emergency. All members of the Northboro Board of Health are allowed and encouraged to participate remotely. The order allows the Northboro Board of Health to meet entirely remotely, so long as reasonable public access is afforded so that the public can follow along with deliberations of the meeting. The public is encouraged to follow along using the posted agenda unless the chair notes otherwise. 
Members of the public who wish to view the live stream of this meeting may do so by going to Northboro Remote Meetings on YouTube via the link listed on the agenda. Ensuring public access does not ensure public participation unless such participation is required by law. This meeting um, will feature public comment um, and you'll be allowed to raise your hand as directed by the chair to be allowed access. The, um, the chair is going to now confirm or uh, Dr. Jane, or if we do have Jane on, um, confirm that the board members are present um, and that they would repeat um, after stating their name in the affirmative that they're in attendance. Thank you. Uh, Dr. Black, I believe uh, Glenn is here. If that's him in the telephone 593. Glenn, if that's you, you're just going to want to hit star six to unmute. Fantastic. Again, I apologize for uh, having trouble with my internet connection, but uh, fortunately, I can use the telephone. So um, if you don't mind, I'll take, uh, let's see, we'll uh, take attendance for tonight's meeting. Uh, Delete. Present. Teresa. Present. And Swati. Present. Sane. Good. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm Glenn French. Oh, and Glenn, okay. we don't forget we have a new addition. Uh, sorry to interrupt. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, yeah. Lisa Johnson is on. You can't see her smiling face here. So. Yeah. Should she just? Uh, so I'm present. Hi, Glenn. Her name for the record. Hi, Lisa you. Johnson. Sorry about that. That's okay. Hi. Lisa Johnson is present. Very good. Oh, this is a fine. How do you do? Okay, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should just get right into the meeting since we have a lot on our uh, agenda. If that's okay with everyone. Uh, first, we're going to welcome Lisa Johnson, the newly appointed Board of Health member. Clap, clap, clap. Welcome, Lisa. Uh, let's Thank see. You. Do you want to get right into the Casa Beata? Kristen? Yeah, we can. We do have Diane uh, Legier, health inspector, who performed okay. or conducted those inspections. And also, um, I'm not sure if you missed it earlier, Glenn, so we do have Jim, who is hosting and, um, and he'll let us know, Jim, if you could, if anyone um, would like to speak, we want them to um, raise their hands. Jim, is there anybody else in attendance in case the owners or representatives, managers of those businesses would like to speak when time allows? Not a problem. Yeah, I believe both um, restaurant representatives are here. Um, so if they have any questions during the presentation, they can raise their hand. And once um, the time allows, we'll um, give them a time to speak if, if it's all right with the chair. Great. Okay. So I, I'd hand so, it over. Diane Legier um, is uh, available. You can hear her audio, just no video. She was upside down earlier. So uh, we'll hand it to Diane. Thank you. Very good. Hi, everyone. Um, so I conducted the original inspection of Casa Vallarta on 12-3-21. And the board did receive copies of that inspection report. 
as noted in the um, inspection, there were 17 priority violations, which are violations which are deemed to endanger the health of um, anyone eating there. There were 11 priority foundation violations and 30 core violations. The cumulative score was a negative 37. So, nope. yeah, so we did close the restaurant um, upon the inspection. And I did a reinspection last week and I did allow them to conditionally reopen pending the outcome of this meeting. They did address a lot of the violations. However, my concern is this is the second time that we've had to close them um, on an emergency basis within six months. Um, yeah. And there are a lot of violations that are really pose a risk to consumers. I, I feel like the action plan that we received was the same action plan that I received um, with the original closure. Um, so what we'd like to do is, um, Kristen and I have discussed this and it's not out of the ordinary to require um, the restaurant to hire a third party auditor who would come in and do their own health inspections and that we would our recommendation is that we require that for the, a period of six months. And that auditor would have to be approved um, by the Board of Health. Um, so they, we can provide a list of inspectional services, um, but you would have to approve, um, you'd have final approval on that. And that'd be once a month, Diane? Correct, and they would be surprise inspections. I think it's appropriate in this case. Diane, question for you. How many of those violations were repeat from six months ago? Almost all of them. All um, of them are repeat. So I can actually give you, I have it open right here. And out of the 58 violations, over 30 were repeats. So there's a fundamental issue there. There's an issue with yep. training and yes. there's an issue with supervision. Yes. Now, is would it be uh, improper to ask for, um, how, many, how many serve safe uh, yeah. certified individuals are on staff at any given time? Number one. Number two, would it be improper for the Board of Health to request that they should have at least one, if not two people who are serve safe certified on hand at every shift? And number three, would it be proper to also request that they hire an outside, um, uh, what do you call them, serve safe certified trainers to be basically on board to kind of like show them this is what you need to do to stay open. I mean, the audit's going to happen once a month, but you know who's going to monitor in between while they're still open, so to speak. So the interesting thing is they actually have someone on staff who is a serve safe trainer, and that has failed to 
provide a safe, um, provide safe operations. That um, we were told originally that there would be doing um, additional trainings and um, we allowed them to reopen. That was at the, that was about six months ago. Um, and now, and they have someone on staff, um, Liliana Rodriguez, and um, that's not working. And that's yeah. why Kristen and I no. are recommending this third party audit. When you say third party audit, can you just explain that for us? I mean, I, what Dr. Jane uh, with the delete is trying to say is that just auditing them is not enough. They need some sort of training down there and uh, they need a lot of training down there. And so auditing, unless the auditor holds their hand for uh, you know, a week long session to show them what the, they should be doing, um, I don't think it's gonna work. Well, and, and I tend to agree with you because it hasn't worked. But I think if we're at least doing surprise inspections and we as a board don't have the bandwidth to go in monthly. And that's why we're recommending this third party uh, food safety auditor come in and do these audits. And then perhaps their surf safe um, instructor can work with them further based on the outcome of these inspections. Right. I, I guess my concern is the track record is not good. Okay, a lot of the violations are repeat violations within six months. They have people who are on staff who are surf safe certified. They've had the training. It still hasn't worked. And now we're going to allow them to conditionally open based upon these audits that are going to occur monthly. In between, we're exposing the public to ongoing potential for public health related issues with regarding to food, you know, issues, uh, food related illnesses. So I'm not sure you know, a monthly audit is going to cure that problem. I, I mean, I, I'm just not getting comfortable. This will happen once, you know, in two years and, you know, the violations were different. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. You know, then I'd be a little bit more comfortable with that. The problem is majority of the repeat violations have been repeated. It's within six months and they've already gone through the training process. They failed it, obviously. I mean, unless, they can, unless one of the representatives can give us a reason as to what's going mm -hmm. on in his restaurant, I don't know. So there is a hand raised. Uh, oh, sorry. I was just All saying right. there is a hand raised in the audience from um, Lillian Rodriguez. Um, if you want me to let them in, just let me know. Yeah, I just wanted to say, I think in the past, uh, distant past, we had like um, an order that they hire a consultant. Consultant, yep. You know, and the consultant came in there and sort of train them all again. Now Lillian is a, a, a food safe trainer, but I think she might need a training after this, but let's listen to what Lillian has to say and then we can take it from there. So Jim, if you could let her in, I'd appreciate it. So Lillian, you are able to talk now if you wanna uh, unmute your mic. Hello, good evening. My name is Liliana Rodriguez, um, food safe surf um, food instructor for the Northborough location, Casa Vallarta. Um, thank you for allowing me to speak on behalf of the restaurant. 
I just want to note, um, I understand that this is the second time the restaurant has closed, um, but previous to six months ago, there has been a lot of staffing changes um, due to COVID-related concerns. There's been a lot of issues with retention to staff. Um, I can ensure the board that there has been retraining of serve safe instructors, um, serve safe managers on site, which include the general manager and the chef, in addition to new um, staff on site as well. Um, this took place after the second inspection that occurred. Um, and I want to also note that we have been following the safety plan that we presented and um, moving forward, I want to note that I will be working one-on-one -on -one coaching the kitchen staff and managers in terms of food safety practices. In addition to um, what I think is adequate, the third party um, auditor as well. So there's no conflict of interest there. Thank you. Glenn, I have a question. Thank you. Yep. I'm here. Um, so, so I'm sorry, it's Teresa Glenn. I have I have just a question for Liliana. Um, okay. How often were you at the at the restaurant before this most recent set of violations? Um, to be honest, I was doing this part time, so I was not providing um, the oversight as I'm planning to do now. But that doesn't uh, answer my How often were you actually there? In the last six months, how often did you actually go there? I wanna say that I was training other restaurants as well. So at least once a month. Okay. Mm. And um, when, you, is when, when you were there, how long were you there for? Um, Probably less than an hour. There wasn't one-on-one -on -one coaching. It was just pretty much talking with the manager, um, just a regular on-site overview and inspection, and that is all. But moving forward, again, like I mentioned, I would like to do one-on-one -on -one coaching, um, mock inspections that will be more frequent to ensure that all of the food handlers are practicing food safety in the restaurant. So Liliana, this is Dilip Jain. So what I'm mm -hmm. hearing is that you were there six times in six months for less than an hour each time talking with the manager. So there was really no formal training of the staff that was there. And as you put it, a lot of turnover. So that means all new people were not getting trained on what proper food handling techniques um, in that six months. So Correct. that brings us to back to square one that really no formal training has taken place in six months after the first violation. And now we have a second violation with as many high priority violations, critical violations as they were six months ago. So nothing has really changed, which means the restaurant has not learned anything in the six months. That's my understanding. And I, I'm, in, I'm in health, okay? I'm a physician by uh, training and I don't like seeing people that come from food-related illnesses um, as a result of, you know, one time, yes, we give us, we give a little pass, we let you guys try to work it out, but in six months, nothing has changed. 
And I concur with our chairman that I think we need to mandate a consultant to come in and do this um, because I think there is a conflict of interest. One, you are an employee of the restaurant and there is some conflict of interest here that, yeah, how can we assure that you are going to do the training when you've had six months and you haven't done anything uh, or at least no improvements have happened. And that's why we had to shut the restaurant down in six months. I mean, I, I, I don't understand the rationale um, that now you're going to be spending more time. You're going to devote more time. Um, I, I don't understand that it wasn't taken seriously the first time and say, okay, well, you know, we'll get away with it. I don't understand that. Um, yes, this is uh, Chairman French. I have to agree with Salib. I think we need an independent consultant to be hired um, to take over for at least a period of time until we're comfortable that Casa Verada's got it. Right now, they don't. Liliana, you, have you seen the, you've obviously seen the report. It's not a little. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's fairly severe. So I would I'm leaning more towards independent consultants. I am too. And then they would do their own audits and on a monthly basis, yep. like how we used to do it before, with some of the restaurants yep. that we had to do this with. Do you remember that, Glenn? Yes, so I, I think do. that's I think that's what we're going to need. Um, and they need to have the formal training through an independent person, a consultant. I agree. I think also if we're gonna do that, which I agree with doing, we should require the independent consultant to review both of the past violation reports yes. um, approved by the Board of Health or um, by Dr. Block's office at least, um, and that somebody needs to be on board immediately um, and not Liliana. Yeah. Yep. Right, I agree. So we can get we can provide a list of consultants. Is that how it works? And they can choose one for approval by the by the Board of Health office. I, I would leave it open. I mean, we do know of some vendors, but I would be open to other okay. contractors or vendors in that area. Um, if it's okay. someone we're not familiar with, I'll make sure we do reference checks. But we want someone thorough not only for the ability to do instructions, but really to be, to provide the one-on-one -on -one training that's required to yes. um, make sure that, you know, these are not repeat uh, violations. I agree. Now the, the audit and the consultant are two different units, two different entities, or are they both the same? I would say third-party inspections and required training, you know, to become in compliance. I think that could be one and the same, and I would think that it needs to be a third party, you know, a okay. training. Yes. I, I, That's what I, can, can I just perhaps make the argument that there's two separate individuals, one for the training and one for the inspection, so that there's some internal accountability there? That works. That I think so. That's fine. I mean, this is the second, the second strike. Yeah. One more, and they're they're out for a period of time. So let's, uh, yeah, let's get on it now, Casa Bayarda. Will the restaurant be open during the training phase? 
it's currently open now. It was conditional upon review by the board. So, um, you know, the only reason Diane allowed for the conditional reopening is all of the uh, priority right. violations. I don't know if Diane, you can touch it upon, you know, just the current status and safety and your thoughts um, about, you know, being open conditional upon, you know, I think we had kicked around the idea of getting um, a contractor, someone in place within five, uh, within 10 business days, just to make sure we Correct. get someone. But Diane, can you speak about the current, um, you know, uh, conditions right now and, and um, put the board hopefully at ease if it, if it is okay to be open at this moment? Um, so they did, they did do a lot of work and they definitely um, fix a lot of the violations. However, my biggest concern, um, like all of you, is the training. And that, um, and that's why we want to get someone in place within the next 10 days, because it's one thing to fix the violations and open back up, but it's another thing to run day-to-day -day operations and maybe not practice good food handling protocols. Um, uh, as you can see in the report, there were a lot of conditions that are deemed to endanger, which would include improper food temperatures, improper food storage, um, the not labeling, that's not so big of a deal. But these are these are conditions that can make people sick very quickly. Um, yep. So I, I would not feel comfortable if we didn't get someone in place very quickly to make sure that um, the, the work that they've done continues. The corrections that they've made continue. I agree. Can the restaurant be open in just half a capacity because it's holiday time and uh, it's going to be busy and it just makes me uneasy what's going on and with holiday parties and all being hosted at this place? Mm. I mean, if they know that this has happened, is this posted so that they understand? they understand what's going on in the restaurant. If I walked in there and I wasn't privy to this as a board member, um, mm. I would I would be enraged to have my children eat there. My, you know, my family, my anybody. It's, it's not a safe situation. They've demonstrated they're not following processes. Um, until they're safe, they really shouldn't be open in our town. I think we, we owe that to our community. It's, it's, um, it's unsafe. So, can we require serve safe training certifications from all employees before reopening to any extent? They won't be able to do that. They won't. We don't want to kill their business. We don't want to mm. kill the, the public. I think, you know, they have this uh, Liliana does work for this company. I would suggest that she, right there, right now, they're on, you know, double secret notice. And I would think that if we put a time frame, a very quick turnaround time frame to get the consultant in there or an auditor in there, you know, that should keep them on their toes until the consult, you know, get the auditor in there and then get the consultant going. I think that's the way to do it. You shut them down now, they may never open again. I, I do, do want to point something out um, for anyone not familiar with the Merge Food Code in Massachusetts. 
every food establishment that includes restaurants, retail, everyone's required under the retail food code to have the, a copy of their most recent inspection available to customers at all times. So if anywhere you go, um, you can ask for a copy of the most recent inspection and they're required to provide you with that. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> and that's something that Kristen and I will be addressing in a little bit. Um, yes, I know. I saw that. Maybe they could just put it in the menu. Well, I think consumer education is really important so people know where they're... they're I, agree. Um, I agree. But we'll get to that one uh, in about... Uh, 20 minutes or so. Right now, we don't have anything in place that so we make them, you know, stick it on the board. Uh, maybe a sign that says, but that would have to be for all restaurants, I think. But that's, but that is required, actually, uh, Glenn, by code. It's already required that every restaurant has a sign that says, um, ask oh. for a copy of our most recent inspection. That's required oh. by the uh, retail food code. That's kind of strange. I've never seen it. In we, any well, I just got here. I'm working on it. Yeah. So I uh, yeah, <laughs> and Diane I have been enforcing getting, that. Yeah, Diane's getting everyone up to speed. Um, obviously, okay. we have new health department staff, and uh, there yeah. were no education was provided on the new changes to the food code, which have been in place for a few years. So we're getting everybody up to speed, oh. a lot of education. So that's that's a Excellent. sign you should see in every restaurant. And unfortunately, um, Northboro, we're a bit behind the times and um, Diane's working really hard to make sure all restaurants are now in compliance. Excellent. And grocery stores, Excellent. any retail food. Yeah. Where is the post usually? Is it like up front? It should be right at the entrance. At right. the front door. Correct. <laughs> But, but to, to a point that we want to be oh, everyone to realize it's it's not perfectly transparent. It says a, a copy of the most recent inspection report is available upon request. So you actually have yeah. to request it. Now, you, the real challenge is do they have it? And, you know, how are you going to feel about staying there? But it, you have to request it. So the requirement is a sign is posted that says a copy of the most recent inspection report is available upon request. Well, it would defeat the purpose of the law. If it wasn't available upon right. request, <laughs> right, it has to be immediately available. I mean, right. you can't be like, oh yeah, we'll go on the Board of Health website and look it up. Well, we'll send it to you in ten days. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. So it should be on site at every restaurant, every food establishment. Correct. So I have a question regarding liability. Is there any liability for the town if somebody becomes ill because this restaurant is now open under very poor circumstances? We have a few lawyers on that. And I just want to clarify, um, Lisa, so Diane reopened because all the critical violations were corrected. And there were some outstanding issues like a cracked tile or things like that that did not pose an immediate health risk. You know, so food was at the, the reopening, the conditional reopening made sure that the situation was safe at that time. So there were certain violations that you often give more time, like a cracked tile, right, on the floor, you know, but we're not gonna allow for 
a large open, you know, um, slice through a, a cutting board or temperatures, a refrigerator not holding or something that was, you know, uh, more likely to cause an imminent risk. So although there was the reopening, all of the critical violations have been addressed or Diane wouldn't have re conditionally reopened. So it's more just trying to stay on top of it and then to slowly um, or within the next 30 days to correct any of those other non-critical violations. Okay, yep. thank you. Yep. And I think the key is oversight at this point. And that's yep. why we're requesting a minimum of six months. Yep, I agree. And so the, I just also want to assure the board, the reason of the inspection report um, to be required by the third party is so it's eyes and ears on the ground, it's training. Also that will be circulated to the board. And if at any point you're not satisfied with that, or we think there's concerns, we'll call an additional meeting. So this doesn't mean that we won't revisit this. Um, it just means we're gonna have additional oversight and we'll make sure they're continuing to make progress and keep that restaurant safe um, for our residents. And if at any point, you know, either they fail to provide it, we could close, you know, because we're, we're saying, I would say the proposal is that the board would make a motion that the monthly um, inspection reports by a third party, party and um, training um, is a condition of their food permit at this time. Yeah. So we're gonna get a, a consultant and an auditor and are both in within a certain time frame from today. Today is what, Tuesday? The, right? So you give them Tuesday, by Monday? Monday, December 20th. I think so. I, I uh, would hope they could hold it together, but for, you know, till Monday. And if it comes out, the auditor goes in there by Monday and it's lousy, then we just shut down. <laughs> I imagine they're going to keep it, keep the, uh, I mean, they have a, a serve safe instructor working there. No, she's not working, Glenn. She's just there. I don't know. She's just there. Oh. That's what I think. We give it a certain amount of time, very short window, to actually get somebody in there and report to the board, not the board, but report to the office as, as, in Diane, what's going on. Good, bad. Get them in there by Friday. Report. I agree. Friday. Monday? I mean, you know, they had enough time to figure this one out. Yep. So, Glenn, when the board is ready, I'm prepared to make two motions on this for you. Oh, thank you. You're Does welcome. anyone else, uh, anyone else on the board have anything um, they want to add to this conversation? Nope, I do not. Nope. I'm in a, I agree with what uh, what has been proposed so far? Yeah, I. I mean, we've been in this position before. Yes. And and no restaurants let us down yet with regards to this initial thing before the consultant gets in there. So hopefully, uh, I mean, Casablanca has been around 
for quite some time. Hopefully they can pull it together. Um, yeah. I guess with that, the chair will entertain the motion. Okay, the first motion is I move that Casa Vallarta is allowed to reopen provided they provide monthly third-party food inspection reports to the Northboro Board of Health every month for the next six months as a condition of their food establishment permit. The third party, the independent third party inspector must be improved in writing by the Board of Health no later than Monday, December 20th, 2021. That sounds reasonable. Uh, so we have to second that. I'll second that. Okay. And all those in favor, we've got, uh, let's go through the roll call. Delete. Yes, agree. Okay. Uh, Teresa. Agree. And Swati. Agree. And Lisa. Agree. And I agree. So unanimous. Okay. That motion passes. Let's entertain the second motion. Okay, I move that Casa Vallarta is allowed to reopen provided they provide they retain a third party serve safe trainer who shall provide training on a monthly basis and shall certify the training, including the names of employees trained and the type of training to the Northboro Board of Health every month for the next six months as a condition of the food establishment permit. The third party must be approved in writing by the Board of Health no later than Monday, December 20th, 2021. Sounds uh, reasonable. Um, I second that motion and we'll go through the roll call. Um, Philippe? Agree. Teresa? Agree. Swati? Yes, I agree. And Lisa? Agree. Perfect, that motion is unanimously passed as well. Uh, one further tidbit for consideration. What happens if they fail again? I would say we bring them back before the board. You know, we could convene an emergency meeting. If it's a immediate concern, we would close them just as we did last time if there's an imminent risk. Um, and then we would probably postpone, I would say at this point, we would postpone any reopening until it's um, a meeting of the Board of Health. Okay, as long as they're made aware of that, I think that should keep them on their toes as well. Maybe we could get a letter to them in writing saying something to that effect. They can paste it up on their front door. <laughs> I'm only kidding. We don't have to paste it on the front door, but I think they should get some sort of written notification that they could, uh, they face a shutdown for a period of time if they, if any of these uh, audits or audits come back negative. Something like that. They got to know. Yeah. So I think um... we're not going to keep doing this. Yeah, I think it's a great point. What we can do is pull the motions together and send it in a letter to the restaurant owner in writing so they understand. Yeah. We're going to have to communicate the results of this meeting. And so I'll let them know that failure to adhere or to comply with the new conditions of the food permit could result in immediate closure of the yeah. establishment. Yeah, could. 
Okay. Good. Right? Yes. Yep. Good. All right, then. That's that. Um, we're ready to proceed with the next one. Kumars, South Indian Village Cuisine. They also had some recent violations that require our attention. And uh, that was not a pretty report. So, Diane, why don't you fill us in on that, please? Sure. Um, so that report came about, the inspection came about, I was notified by the Northboro Fire Department that they had been out on a um, carbon monoxide call early in the morning when the restaurant was not open. So the first few pictures that you saw in the report were taken around 4 a.m. Um, I just attached them because I thought that that was important that they were um, they were a part of that report and that it became public record. Um, on this report, it was another negative score. Um, and by negative, we score on a zero to 100 and they scored a negative 36, 19 priority violations, which are those deemed to endanger and 10 priority foundation, 21 core, 22 of those were repeat violations. They had not been previously closed, but they had been up for a reinspection, um, which they passed. Um, and they were allowed to stay open. But I have with this where there are so many repeat violations and because of the severity of the violations, I have real concerns about them remaining open without the oversight, um, much like Casa Vallarta. Yeah. I gotta say those pictures were shocking. I'm I'm not quite sure what happened there. Did they just it was a Saturday night and they just left and said, Oh, we'll clean it up tomorrow? I can't speak to what I mean, happened, I but I mean it. they were very, very concerning. Um, what was most concerning to me that what and to the fire department was that there was frozen food left out in the kitchen overnight. Cases yeah. of new food. It was all um, sorts of open containers and very strange. It, like they it, just decided it, to call it the night. Yeah, it looked like somebody said there was an emergency and they had to evacuate the building and everybody right. dropped everything and walked out. That's Correct. what it looked like. Um, yeah. a, a, even more concern was the lack of fundamental food safety protocols. Um, almost every temperature I took, as you can see in the report, I take yeah. pictures of everything, um, every temperature was in the danger zone, which really, that's when bacteria multiplies at the most rapid rate. And so that's when you have the most likelihood of someone getting sick. Um, so the food handling practices were really concerning. And the fact that there was no sanitizer in use was also incredibly concerning. Did you have an opportunity to speak to like the manager or, uh, from the restaurant? Absolutely. Um, I always take time to review the report. I ask a lot of questions. We discuss um, what's going on and um, the manager uh, owned it. He, he, he knew that he was in the wrong and he vowed to make changes and better the establishment. Um, but there was no denial. Um, they, they took full, full, they were fully accountable. Oh. 
I don't know. I believe there uh, is a representative present with their hand raised, so just let me know if you want me to bring them in. I think it's a good idea. Thank you, Jim. So I have uh, promoted them. I Since they have an older version of Zoom, I had to promote them to panelists, so they should be moving over shortly. Okay. So they are connected, but I don't see a microphone connecting. So I'm not sure if they're having trouble with that. Okay. So Diane, you said they already failed one inspection. Well, they didn't fail their last in inspection. They had a yeah. poor inspection and they addressed the issues previously. Um, so at that point, you know, we think that they're safe until and this is why we do multiple inspections a year. Um, right. But had I not received the email and phone calls from the Northborough Fire Department, this would have gone unchecked for another month or two until they were due for another mm -hmm. inspection. So we really got to give credit to our other town offices. Um, this complaint came in from the Northborough Fire Department. Um, Casa Vallarta came in from the building department. So we have some really alert um, individuals working for this town yeah. who are really assisting the board. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you to them. So I've, I see that the representative has their hand raised. So you are a panelist. I believe you're having microphone issues connecting your microphone. Um, if you uh, wish to speak, you can try calling in with the information on the agenda. Uh, once you call in, you can use star nine to raise your hand and then I can bring you over through the phone. In the meantime, we had a number of critical violations and I think we've got the same issue as Castle Vallarta. Although they weren't shut down before, they had a poor inspection and now they've had a terrible inspection. Yeah. A, a shockingly terrible inspection. Uh, so I'm not opposed. I personally am not opposed to uh, ordering the same or, or moving on the same sort of uh, track that we did with Castle Bayarda. I would agree. Wow, we. Diane, how long has um, their food establishment permit been awarded to them? Have they been around a long time? They, I, Kate can look that up for us. <laughs> I think she's already working oh. on it. She's awesome. Um, <laughs> I, I think they've only been there a couple years. Um, okay. And like I said, the first one was not, I mean, seriously, obviously we didn't close them. And, and I just want to make it very clear, closing a restaurant even for a day is absolutely our last resort. We never want to do yeah. that. 
Um, looks like they, sorry to interrupt, the first permit issued to them was October 2019. Okay. And I believe the applicant is connected now. Okay. Sir, if, you're, yeah. if you can hear us and respond, could you state your name and your um, relationship My to the restaurant, please? My name is Dave Chinter. I'm the manager at uh, Kumar's uh, uh, Indian Cuisine in Northboro. All right. Welcome, Dave. Dave, you've Thank had you. an opportunity to review the report? Uh, yes, sir. I did. It, it looked to me like everybody just quit in the middle of the, the cleanup and left. So the, the the one of the reason that they happened is the same thing. Uh, uh, we we had a, some kind of a argument in the kitchen actually. So somebody actually left. There were almost three guys left my kitchen that day, right. and they just don't want to work. That's what it looked like. So we yes, and uh, be, because of whatever the staffing issues going on, we have been pressured to clean the place and just working along. Uh, it, it, it was like the morning was a little busy and, uh, we've been pressuring them, uh, not to take a break and we'll, we'll consider paying them whatever we can do it. Uh, but it's, it's a blink of the thing. I had some family emergency. I have to leave around seven o'clock. Uh, and we had no clue this happened. And the only thing I heard like chef and the, um, the manager who's at present cleaned a little bit and I never knew, uh, they left it like that. So as soon as in the morning we came, we cleaned it. We never knew the fire department has seen the place and they have uh, some, I know that there was a power was down uh, because I get, um, <clears throat> I get got ding from um, power plant saying that there's no, there was no power, but I thought it's everything's normal. So at least we came early. We, we tried yeah. to clean whatever we can cleaning, but we, we, we lost that opportunity to put ourselves in a proper way. And I, I extremely apologize. It never happened like that. But in, in, in that case, it happened, and there is no excuse for that. Okay. Well, is there, that was kind of right. Yeah. Um, Diane, in relation to the first inspection and what we saw in the second inspection, is it the same? I mean, the second inspection is obviously out of control, but were the same sort of violations found in both inspections? Um, so the, the repeat, I just do want to point something out. Um, yeah. All of my reports are geo and timestamped, which means they give the geo location and they timestamp it. I arrived at 11.33 in the morning. So that was several hours, you know, Right. They had a whole lot of time to fix things. Um, but I did just want to point that out. And, and as you can see in my um, inspection report, it was clearly unclean when I was there. Um, so the items that were repeat violations were the thermometers, um, contamination in prep and storage and display, which means raw foods being held with um, ready to eat foods, produce, um, proper yeah. cold and hot holding temperatures, 
which again, those are the most likely to make people sick. That's that yep. danger zone is where um, bacteria multiplies most rapidly. And um, their contact, food contact surfaces. So their food contact yeah. surfaces were not being sanitized in between change of use. There was no sanitizer at concentration in use at the time of my inspection, which is alarming. So even in your opinion, Diane, even if there were a series of people leaving that night and a family emergency, this goes well beyond just an interruption in the, the nightly cleaning. Is that fair to say? Correct. This is, this is really problematic um, food handling practices. Uh, and I think that there needs Right? I'm sorry? Systematic, systematic Correct. problems. Yep. Correct. And I think there needs to be additional education and oversight. Yeah. Yeah. Now, when you take those temperatures, they weren't taken when the fire department was there, right? Nope. All of those taken... were taken when the restaurant was open and ready to serve. Oh. Well, that's so terrible. that was food that was going out to customers. Oh, no. That's even worse. Well. I thought maybe it had been sitting because everybody left and they just didn't care and they shut the door and they were going to clean it up in the morning. But no, that's terrible. If that was going out to customers, it was a disaster. Correct. Um, the hot holding temperatures were taken on the buffet that was to be served for lunch. Oh, my God. Dave, what do you got to say about that? Um... I take blame, sir. That's that's all. I'm mean, like I cannot um, um, right. I cannot speak about that. Yes, um, no, no. it just fall following the the following the parents, you know, one after the other. You know, by the time we came, this everything happened, and uh, uh, we could not retrieve it. And I I really respect Diane came down and she wants to shut down. I'm pro for it. You know, I I, I never resist or anything. But definitely, we we fell through the cracks. Yeah. Now, how's your uh, how's your staff now? Back it, is, it, it is still still thin line, sir. We we lost a lot of business with that, and we have thin down thin down our uh, menu because we could not serve. Uh, there's a lot of a uh, lot of uh, uh, people complain about how how we are presenting ourselves. Uh, because there is there is not much to eat on the menu, but we are yeah. just trying to follow the protocol. What is my capacity as such to run the business? It it was extremely extremely uh, uh, difficult for us uh, just uh, driving through the COVID, and we came into this point, and we had to face again. And and I'm absolutely hundred percent with dying, and I'm not I'm take I'm not taking chances, and and making any of my patrons or any of my my community to get sick eating in my restaurant. So I, I hold a big responsibility. Well, I understand that's what you're saying, but you didn't feel that way a month ago. I did not, sir. I did not. I, things were going good, but definitely um, uh, the day really brought me down. Yeah. It could have been worse. You're lucky you had that. Um, what, whatever, did they ever find out what the cause of the... 
the carbon monoxide alarm going off? It was a power failure. Is that what it was? We we have a we have a constant issue with uh, with uh, CO. Uh, is being released. Um, I mean, so technically, there is no SIBO is present in the premises, but it is yeah. always been reading back to um, a fire department. Actually, matter yeah. of fact, they came yesterday uh, with the same cause, and the captain looked over and he said, everything looks all right. So actually, I, I called uh, a fire um, uh, consulting company called Anchor, and I just made an appointment. They're coming this Thursday to come out and see what is exactly going on. And apart from it, that, uh, go ahead, sir. Is it just your restaurant or the other other in the buildings? Are you a, I think a there is a couple other loca- other yeah. locations, a couple of other locations also getting bothered. But I think mines is very primarily is happening. And, can't imagine and what the happens, fire department. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as the CO hits it, it shuts down my main. So as soon as it shuts down the main, all my pilots and whatever the gas is operating, uh, it does release the gas. So yeah. you, you see the spike, spike in SIBO. But as soon as we hold on and we'll, we'll put the reset button and put all the fans on, we are into normal. I mean, so as soon as the fire department comes, he, they look around. I don't think so. It's, it's not reading that bad. Yesterday, it was only one or two ppm um, uh, going around. And they said that this is, this is normal. But it's keep happening. I mean, so it's not the CO. I think it's the system itself. They're yeah. coming down, they're inspecting, and they said they'll come back, and they never shows up. I mean, so even my hood cleaning, the same thing. Last Thursday was my appointment. They, they did not come back. It's very frustrating. I mean, so like, I'm, I'm, we, 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 we are really suffering uh, yeah. everything after one or the other. I mean, again, it's not an excuse, sir. I mean, like, I'm, I'm not here to right. stand excusing myself, but I, 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 hold, uh, I, I hold a big responsibility, and I'm, I want to fulfill it in proper way. Okay. And now you're food safe, uh, trained? Yes, yes, sir. I'm a food safe, and um, um, actually, I, uh, I did my, I used to work for ships, so I did my USPS um, a special course, too. Mm. So I'm a trainer, too. So you know our concerns, then. Yes, absolutely, sir. I'm, 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 I'm there, and uh, I'm 24 hours. I'm trying to stay here, train every yeah. personnel, and and printed out every document, and I so that I can track and look around. And I have arranged few cameras also, make sure they are in the place and see remotely, even though we are not here, and things are getting done. Yeah. Who's your second in command over there? Second in command is we, we do have uh, my chef on the location. Yeah. And, 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 the, and the biggest, uh, one of the things is he's actually, he's the one to run away. So I lost one of my chefs, major chefs. But the second in so command didn't the, run away. No, he, he's the one to run away, yes. He's the run, oh. one, of, one of them run away. Oh, nice. He couldn't, he couldn't take the pressure. He's the one to drop my aprons and everything. He's the one. Boy, oh boy. And the, my manager who's in the front, who puts his apron, yeah. he cleaned what his can be done. He was like, the whole, the whole atmosphere in my kitchen was dead. That's what I heard. When I came in the morning, when, when Diane was here, I came running. And by the time it was very late. Too late. Too late. Too late, yeah. Too late. 
All right. Well, I don't have anything further. Does anyone uh, else on the board wish to be heard on this? No. No. All set. All set. I'm all set. Teresa? I'm all set. I would just say, um, I know, Glenn, you mentioned earlier, I would be in favor of imposing the same two requirements on cars as we did with the the prior one. Yeah. Swati, same thing? Uh, yes, uh, but I'm also concerned. How how do you plan to be open now that you're short staffed? Yeah, um, and, and continue the safe practices. We we actually reduce our menu, ma'am, uh, tremendously, and uh, there's a lot of patrons actually walking out, and they just don't want to yeah. dine because we are not full menu. And I, I just want to represent myself, what I stand for, and I'm not, I'm not deviating myself. I know I'm losing money, but at least my doors are open, and thank you for cooperating with that. And you're not poisoning anybody. I had visited the restaurant just two days before uh, this happened. Mm. Um, do you plan to keep the buffet still on? Buffet is only thing we are keeping it, ma'am, because that's the way. At least I can. I have locks to maintain. We are changing every uh, uh, every hour. We are changing the foods and we are reducing the quantity of the food we serve. And we are we we are trying max because that's the only thing I can do because there's only one cook in my place and one manager who's helping us to just put the food out because we cannot afford a la carte as such. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Lisa, Ms. Johnson, anything yes. to I I don't have anything to add other than I, I, agree right. the, I agree with the suggestion that was made by yourself and, and Teresa to, to have some sort of oversight to, um, to help keep some accountability there. Well, seeing as how not just that one night it's more of a systematic failure and then we've, we've got three people running this restaurant now I mean I agree we need the audits in there mm. and I don't know if we need the uh, the consultant as much as the audit but I, I, I don't know I'm I'm open for any any kind of uh, surprise inspection, sir. I mean, so like I'm open to the business. So I'm just open the doors. Definitely, uh, anytime anybody can walk into my kitchen. Diane, what do you say? Uh, I, I certainly, you know, sympathize with the problems. That I, as you know, I'm covering three towns, and this is the most frequent conversation that I have with every establishment owner, everyone's struggling with staffing right now. Um, I do feel that reducing the, the menu is a great idea. It's a great start for safe practices, but we have to have to have to have the oversight. And, and I really don't see anything, any negative effect of having additional training. Yeah, I would. 
Glenn, are you still there? Jim, did we lose Glenn? I uh, yes, I believe so. I no longer oh. see him under attendees. So I believe he is back, and it is uh, star six to unmute. Sorry about that. Lost the call. Okay. All right. Can everybody hear me? Yes. Can I come back yeah. to the meeting, please? Thank You're you back. very much. You're back. Thanks. Perfect. All right. I'm sorry, Diane, I lost you on that last thing. It's a systematic failure. We need the we need the audit, no doubt about it. Correct. And, and my I, question is the training, yeah. I'm all for it. Okay. I'm all for it because there were fundamental breakdowns in basic food handling procedures. And they were repeating. Yeah, I mean, we're entering into a busy season. Dave, you know it. There's a problem, you're going to be shut down. Whether it means li limiting your hours or, I don't know, you're going to have to do something. Uh, definitely, I'm limiting my uh, menu, sir. Um, I'm actually shutting down earlier, too, in the, in, in the night. All right. Okay. Well, uh, definitely taking care of uh, taking care of whatever the staff remains, and just the yeah. business to be running. It it is it is it is a tough time for us. Uh, I I definitely wants to uh, do my best, my ability, um, retrain all the staff. I'm actually calling um, on on site. Um, uh, 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 self safe uh, personal so they we can have all personally uh, trained here. The whole staff is only three of you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right now. Okay. Uh, if anyone else has anything, we'll listen to it. Otherwise, I, I would uh, entertain the two motions. Mm -hmm. I'm prepared. Uh, all right, perfect. I move that Kumar's restaurant is allowed to reopen provided they independent food inspector and provide monthly third-party inspection reports to the Northboro Board of Health every month next six months as a condition of their food establishment permit. The third-party inspector must be approved in writing by the Board of Health no later than December 20th, 2020. I second that motion. Okay. Uh, all those in favor, delete. Delete. Yes, I agree with that. Okay. Uh, Teresa. Yes, I agree. Swati. Yes, I do agree. And, and Lisa. I agree. And I agree as well. That motion passed unanimously. Uh, Board will entertain the second motion. 
I move that Kumar's restaurant is allowed to reopen, provided they retain third-party serve-safe trainer who shall provide training on a monthly basis and shall certify the training, the names of the employees trained and the type of training to the Northborough Board of Health every month for the six months as a condition of their food establishment permit. The third party must be approved in writing by the Board of Health no later than Monday, December 20th, 2020. I second that motion. I will take a vote. Uh, delete. I agree. Teresa. I agree. Swati. I agree. And Lisa. I agree. And I agree as well. That motion is passed unanimously. Okay, good luck, sir. Thank you so much, sir. I understand. Good luck. Thank you. Okay. Well, that was uh, interesting. The next thing is uh, posting of food inspections to the town website. And I, I just have one question on this. Is this something that's normally done or regularly done throughout the Commonwealth? Yeah, so Glenn, this is Kristen. Um, every town is different. Um, we had mentioned there's some city like Boston or other cities, you know, where they actually post a grade. You know, there's all different ways to help yeah. um, educate the public on the status of our establishments. Um, so I, as you all know, I, I came from Uxbridge um, where we implemented this new software and we did start posting our food inspections on our Board of Health website just to make it easily available to the public. Uh, you know, we don't post it at the top banner to say just released, you know, uh, food establishment right. permit review, but it's somewhere where they're all housed in a folder or there's different ways. And I think it's um, it's helpful for the public, right? It shows the public the work, the great work that we're doing. It makes people accountable. Um, the proposed motion here is that, you know, we begin to take action or posting, um, or I would recommend that we would consider posting starting February 1st. Um, Diane's been in place and we've had the software and all of our food establishments have been educated about our new standards. By that time, everybody would have received their first full inspection, you know, with these new standards and new software. And so anything after mm -hmm. February 1st um, would be my recommendation for posting, you know, the restaurant owners know who we are, they know our standards, we've inspected them to the current food code, and hopefully brought them back into compliance. And we're looking to make people successful and accountable. And, um, but it's also important that the public has easy access. So um, it's allowed that we can do it. It's a public record. Uh, for, you know, housing might be more personal or something like that. But um, other communities do post it. Um, and so some communities go so far as a grading system and, and that's a whole nother process that has many steps and in involvement of town council etc but it is a public record um so placing them on the website that are easily available to public um would not be unusual it's really just are there any restaurants in town are there any restaurants in town that really are opposed to this system <laughs> i think it's, it's it does help our food inspector have you know what we often say it's it's helpful for the food inspectors. They realize these are available publicly. They're on our website. We want you to really work to keep these standards. And if there are yeah. violations um, and they require reinspection, which you know um, we would do those promptly, and then you would see the reinspection report, right? So right. an establishment that might be having a bad day or is an employee, you know, an honest mistake, you know, those would be reinspected, and it would be there for the public to see as well the reinspection report. So, it's and just I really... go ahead, oh, Diane. This is Diane. I 
just wanted to point out one other thing. Our goal is not to make look, people look bad. I know that you see the bad reports, but what you don't see is every other report. I do my best to point out everything people are doing right in the report. And I take lots of pictures of all the good work that they're doing. And I note all the good that people are doing, even if they have some um, deficiencies, we really wanna focus on all the positive they're doing and how well they're uh, maintaining their establishment. Hmm. And Glenn, can I just clarify, is this the same report where if they had actually posted that the food inspection report is available upon request, this is what we would receive if we walked in the door and asked for it? Correct. <laughs> yeah. They're done twice a, twice a year, unless something like what we've just heard comes up. Um. Does this include every coffee shop too? Okay. Every inspection. It'll be all every the inspections. Yeah. It'll be mobile food vendors, convenience stores that require food permits, um, our schools, you know, anyone that has a food establishment license. Well, I don't really have any problem with it. It's Imagine restaurants. You can't imagine restaurants would be happy about it, though, because you could have small, you know, not small, but non-critical violations, you know, and someone might misconstrue it as the wrong, you know, we got a cracked tile in the bathroom, and suddenly I'm on the report, I guess. Any of the adjoining towns who are doing it, other than, you know, you've mentioned Uxbridge, but... Um, I don't know. We would have to survey other towns to see if they are. We could come yeah. back to the board with that at a future meeting if you'd like. Well, Diane, you're the food inspection person. What do you say about these things? I know you put all the good stuff in there, but <laughs> what about the minor non-critical violations that could paint the restaurant in, in a or a food service in a poor light. Well, I, I, think that, I mean, I think that we're really clear in how how I write my reports that these are minor violations. And I always, always point out um, all of the things they're doing right. So if someone reads my report on, you know, establishment A, they may say, oh yeah, they, they have a couple deficiencies. But look at this, they're practicing good food safety protocols. All their temperatures are in range. They're using great sanitation techniques. Yeah. Oh, it's an extremely clean establishment. These are notes that I put in daily. I mean, yeah. we really do point out if they're minor deficiencies, they're noted as such. And we focus on the fact that they're doing a great job overall. And I think for the most part, our restaurants are very good. Yes. They really have been very good for years now. Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of good. I had a perfect inspection today. I couldn't have been more thrilled. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. um, 
you know, too often we focus on the bad, but um, we've got a lot of people in town doing great work. Kristen, when you were in uh, Uxbridge, did the restaurants complain about this kind of? Uh... No, we didn't receive any complaints because we also informed them it was sort of coming, you know, so we can do an email, right. notify our food establishments yeah. if this is something where the board moves forward. And, you know, um, again, we we did have, I, I can remember a situation in Uxbridge where we had a business that said, I'm really not happy with my inspection report. Can you come out right away to re-inspect? And we're always looking to work with them. And then that most recent right. inspections at the top of the list. So we're there to support them. We're there to educate them. We're there to, you know, re-inspect. Diane is really making substantial progress and really catching up on the backlog of inspections in Northborough and in the other communities in the boroughs um, cooperative that she's working with. So we're there to work with business mm -hmm. owners who wouldn't refuse to go in and, and show the great work they're doing. So it's a, it's a team environment. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we you know to Diane's point, I want to push out the positive majority of our restaurants are doing a phenomenal job and it yeah. also shows, you know, um, and makes people comfortable eating there, you know, for some people that are afraid of yep. food establishments and might just want to cook at home all day and, uh, never go out, you know, uh, this is really showing them that we have exceptional businesses in town that are safe and that we are doing our job as the board of health to make sure that they're inspected appropriately. I think that the, okay. Diane, when you inspect, is there any, um, additional stuff for like COVID sanitation type, you know, measures? Or is it all just included? It's all included. We have a COVID checklist and sanitation is a big part. It's probably the biggest part of food safety. Um, and, and that's all covered in the report. Um, like Kristen said. I think the that's what the, yeah. I think that's what the public wants to know right now. Yeah, it's, it's definitely on, in the forefront. You know. Good. Well, I have nothing further no questions does anyone else on the board have any questions no. statements uh, hey, glenn, no. my only you know glenn can you hear me yeah yeah i can okay. i mean our first job is the public health i mean that's what we're here for we don't want to right. you know run business out of town or anything but we need to make sure they're following the protocols that are in place to help us you know uh, prevent illness, foodborne, food-related illnesses. That's what our goal yeah. is. We're here to provide education, training, support, doing all of that. And our food inspectors have been very good about that. They're not going around looking to shut the business down. It doesn't help us. No. Uh, no. I think that's the first thing. And, um, you know, uh, I hope they take it. You know, I, at least today I heard from the second person, he at least, he had no excuses. I mean, he didn't even claim to have an excuse. So, you know, no. he was, you know, he was just busy agreeing that everything we said was true. And, you know, he hoped it yeah. doesn't happen again. That's all we can ask for. Um, but it's been a while since we've had to do, go this route with a couple of restaurants. It's been yeah. quite a while. Actually, to be honest with you, I, I don't think since Dr. Black has been on the board, we've had to go this route. Um, no. So it's been quite a while. Uh, I think probably the last time was you and I were the only ones in this, in this meeting yeah. that have had to deal with this. So, yeah. So, yeah. Well, I think it's probably a good idea at this point. So, Glenn, um, I motion if yeah, you want. Yeah, I'm going to entertain a motion. Is that correct? Yep, I can make a motion if you would. That'd be great. 
All right. I move that electronic food inspection reports be made available on the town's website for all food inspections completed after February 1st, 2022, while all food establishments are required to provide the most recent inspection report under the current Massachusetts Food Code. This step makes records more easily accessible to the public. I second that motion. And we'll go through the roll. All those in favor, we've got uh, Delete. I agree. Teresa. I agree. Sawati. Agree. And Lisa. I agree. And I agree as well. Motion passes unanimously. Um, okay, Kristen, I've got this number six on my agenda. Very interesting. Re reorganization of the board. And thank you, Diane, for all your work, by the way. Thank you, Diane. Um, yeah, so Mr. Chair, we're looking, we, uh, all boards and committees should have on their agenda once a year or so, a reorg of the board. Um, we haven't had that on the books. So it's just a general that it's on the discussion. I would strongly recommend that the board would um, appoint uh, a vice chair in the event you're having technical difficulties or can't <laughs> attend a meeting. It just makes it a little uh, easier to know who's taking the the lead. So um, I'll turn it back to the board, but um, you know, this isn't to uh, unseat or make change, but we should probably reaffirm our positions and, and uh, appoint a new one or go to any further discussion. Oh. And this is something that we should just probably have recurring on the calendar that we do this every December or so. Yeah. There's no set time or cycle, um, but we should right. uh, bring this up as agenda item once a year. Yeah, this is the first time I've heard of this too. So what do we have to do with this thing? Anything right now? Do you want to pick a, a yeah. coach So I guess for one, I, I, yeah, I guess Glenn, are you chair? happy continuing to serve as chair? I am. Okay. And then, then I, I guess, you know, if I, say, so, so Kristen, do we need to nominate? Cause I'd nominate that he serves as chair. I don't know. I think if there's just agreement, you don't want to um, change the seat. It could be a discussion. And so if Glenn's happy to serve and nobody else wants to um, make a motion, you know, to appoint anybody else in that capacity, we can leave Glenn and as chair. And then um, next would be just to move on to appointing for vice chair. So I, I'll throw it back to the board. I think Dr. Jane should serve as vice chair. Agree. What do you say, Dr. Jane? Uh, I'm, I'm okay with it as long as you remain chair. I'm good. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> that was almost opposed. <laughs> I think that should have been the number one on the agenda, but okay. <laughs> now, do, do we need a motion for this? Yes. Well, we just can all agree that uh, Dr. Jane is the uh, co-chair or no, we need a. We would require a motion, a second, open discussion, and then move to vote. You know, and then uh, proceed with the vote. Right. So, I would make a motion that Glenn French continue to serve as the chairman of the board of health, and that uh, Jane serve as the vice chair of the board of health. I second that motion. All right, so now we'll go through the roll. So, Dr. Uh, Delete. 
Uh, I agree and accept. Thank you. Thank you. Teresa? I agree. Swati? Yes, I agree. And Lisa? I agree. And I agree. That motion passes unanimously. <laughs> Anything else? <laughs> Just because my internet was out, I almost got thrown out. Uh, COVID-19 <laughs> update. Oh, this is important, the COVID-19 update. Let's get okay. into that. Okay, well, I'll do a very brief review. No slides, we'll keep this simple. So regarding vaccine clinics, the Northborough Health Department with support of the Greater Boroughs Partnership for Health Nursing and uh, Boylston and Northborough Fire Departments have uh, continued to hold COVID-19 vaccination clinics. Um, we've moved to the last, I guess, the three Fridays in December. We've been holding booster clinics of both um, now Pfizer and Moderna on Fridays. Um, those have been advertised through the town's website. Also, we have a constant contact distribution list that's grown to over 4,000 um, individuals have signed up for notification um, through that constant contact system. And so um, uh, just a quick recap on what's planned this week is we are doing a pediatric first dose clinic. Um, there were some um, five to 11 year olds that still needed a first dose clinic. So that will be at the Northborough Senior Center. We're doing 175 appointments. Um, that's mostly Northborough, Southborough and a, a, a small proportion of Ashland is actually sending um, some individuals to help. And that will be, again, um, that is fully booked, but I did notice there were just four appointments that did open up. So we do have a little bit of capacity for that clinic. Um, we'll move on a last minute, pulled it together. Uh, 16 and 17 year old booster clinic is gonna be held at Algonquin Regional High School on Thursday. Um, we released over 400 appointments yesterday. Um, and 200 or so are still available. So uh, I've talked to the principal over at Algonquin. Um, we've pushed that out, you know, we pushed out for two days and tomorrow morning we'll be opening that up to family members. So we may have some parents that they registered their kids, but they need their booster shot. So again, just Pfizer. So we'll be um, expanding that to all families. And then this uh, Friday morning, we'll be running a clinic from nine to 1230. And that is pretty much booked, but um, individuals can still call the health department. Angie and Katie are phenomenal. They've been registering our seniors and other people with technical difficulties, and they're so patient and have really been just um, amazing. So I can't thank them enough for their patience and supporting our residents in such a positive um, way. And they've been registering. So we have over about 250 um, individuals will be doing boosters on that Friday. We have no additional clinics planned this month. On January 5th, we'll be holding the second dose uh, pediatric clinic for ages five through 11 and revisiting the need for additional clinics. You know, Who knows what age category will be expanded or approved for boosters or what's next. So for now, it's very busy week with three clinics. Um, we do encourage if individuals need help um, finding an appointment either for a first dose, second dose booster, um, they can contact the Northboro Board of Health and we'll support them through that. So. Here's our update on vaccination clinics, and I'll move quickly through on tests, uh, unless there's any question on the vaccine clinics. A quick question, no. Kristen. Is the mm -hmm. first dose 5 to 11? What day of the week is it? Uh, it's tomorrow. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah tomorrow, Wednesday at the Northborough Senior mm -hmm. Center from 4 to 8 p.m. And so okay. we do have, I think, a few appointments that did open, and I, I can um, assist some families if needed. Um and any question, other questions? And again, these vaccine clinics are greatly supported with our MRC and CERT volunteers in the region. They've been, volunteers have been coming from all over. So these clinics are only possible to our MRC. So I want to give a big thanks to them. 
So, Kristen, Very I actually good. have two quick questions on the um, Algonquin one. Mm -hmm. If I have have the fourteen and fifteen year olds been approved for boosters, and if so, if you don't fill those two hundred, will you open it to them? They are not yet approved. So it was just Friday that you know the um, CDC um, came out with the full endorsement approval. So only sixteen and seventeen year olds are approved at this time for boosters. They must be at least six months after their second shot, and it has to be Pfizer. So you know, that's the only product approved for under 18. And I don't know when we'll see approvals for the 15. You know, the, it would be 12 to 15 might be that next category. So that's not yet approved. That's why I'm sort of saying we may be getting into that in January if that comes down the line. But right now, only 16 and up are approved for boosters, and they must be at least six months after their second dose. Okay. And are those shots um, the same dose as the first and second. So if we have somebody who hasn't had any vaccinations at all and there's extra vaccines, would that be available to them? Correct. So we're actually going to be converting some of those open booster appointments tomorrow or the, on Thursday to first dose appointments. So yes, that will be going out um, tomorrow morning through the okay. same channels through the school. So Pfizer is the same dose. So Pfizer has a formula that's ages 12 and up. It's the same for a 12 year old as it is for a 90 year old. And that's a okay. 0.3 ml. Um, and so, you know, in the booster is the exact same dose. So it's 0.3 for the first, the second and the booster for Pfizer ages 12 and up. Not to be confused with Pfizer ages five to 11 is a whole different formula. And then Moderna, and that's where people get confused. Moderna's booster dose is half a, half a dose of the primary series. So Moderna is the one that's different, but Pfizer's the same. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. So I'll, um, I'll quickly just run through. So on testing, um, we are still, the schools is doing a phenomenal job. We, you'll see that Ellsworth McCaffrey Park is still running their test and stay program. Um, just to clarify, that's only for in-school close contacts. Um, in Northboro, um, we are using our, our PCR rapid machine for particular situations and for municipal staff. Um, and we do have free local testing still at UMass uh, Memorial and I'm uh, sorry, not UMass Memorial, UMass Marlboro has a site. Ashland has a great site with the free testing and those are both drive through. And there's more um, testing centers that are located um, on our town's webpage. It's a tinyurl.com forward slash nboro, N-B-O-R-O testing. Um, so those sites are still open to the public. We'd recommend um, they get tested. If people have questions about a positive antigen result or what to do um, and where to seek testing, they can call the health department. Just a very brief update on COVID counts, uh, case counts. We're seeing uh, very high rates like everybody across the state. Um, I just ran a report in the last two weeks. We have over 150 active cases, which is sort of breaking mm. records, unfortunately. Um, of those cases, uh, 10 of them are under age five. 46 of those cases in the last two weeks are ages five to 12. Only two of those were partially vaccinated, it appears. Um, and then 96 of these, you know, 150 or so cases in the last two weeks are ages 12 and older. Um, 48 of those 96 cases were fully vaccinated. So breakthrough cases are more common. None of those, I think only one of those act recent cases um, did show that they had a booster shot. So it seems, you know, this is the time to get your booster shot with this new 
Omicron variant um, making its way through. So again, um, we're seeing, you know, vaccinated individuals obviously are seeing less serious illness, hospitalization. So again, you know, the push now is to continue to encourage people um, to seek vaccination or booster doses at this time. And I don't know, I'm looking here, just on our vaccination rates in North Brow, it's still exceptional. We have a 92% of eligible individuals ages five and up are fully vaccinated in Northborough. Again, we're still leading the state. So we are going to see um, our cases, we're gonna see breakthrough just because the majority of our population is vaccinated. Um, and so again, even our five to 11 year olds, that number keeps creeping. We have 67% of our five to 11 year olds in town are have at least one dose, 49% are fully vaccinated. So again, um, vaccinations are moving along and we're very fortunate in Northborough with those high rates. So that's all I have on the COVID update. And then next on the agenda, um, Mr. Chair, was the other grant updates. I don't know if you have questions on the COVID updates. We were going to discuss uh, mandatory mask implementation. Do, we're unable to figure out our positivity rate because people get tested elsewhere. And you know what I mean? So I know the state's positivity rate today went up. It's 5.1, uh, 5 I think percent so it's really high um we yes, did say last meeting yeah uh, so we said last meeting we were going to discuss mandatory mask uh, for all indoor businesses and um do we have any thoughts on that so why I, just... I know you were a proponent yeah yeah, I just want to preface before we get too far, we can briefly discuss it. It wasn't posted as an agenda item, and I apologize right. if that was my error, um, you know, through the Board of Health. So we can discuss it, but we wouldn't be able to take, I guess we could discuss it under any other business to come before the board, but we wouldn't be able to take any action on that item. But I'll turn it back to um, Dr. Sane. Yeah, like I'd mentioned in the uh, email, I think, uh, you know, it's time we have an indoor mask mandate, especially when you give the numbers of the kids who are vaccinated or not vaccinated, like 67% of five to 12 year olds. That's, that's not a big, that's not a good number in my, uh, you know, uh, when I look at it. And I think making the, the mask mandate I think it makes total sense, especially we are we are going to look at worse numbers down the road in the next couple of weeks, in the next few months. Yeah, right after it would, Christmas. And we are starting back. to see an increase in even the influenza. So it would yep. make total sense, not just in terms of COVID, but in terms of other respiratory illnesses too. Right. I mean, I think, again, you know, to Dr. Sani's point, is that last year, we hardly saw any flu because everyone was wearing a mask and we're already seeing influenza in the community. Um, I know in Worcester, there have been a lot of reported cases in pediatric age groups. Um, and now with uh, COVID, uh, it's gonna be a big, big issue, especially now with the holidays coming up and get togethers. And uh, yeah. I, I, would, I would push for indoor mask mandate as I had mentioned at the last meeting in October, um, but if we can't, do any decide on that today, then we'll have to, you know, make sure it gets on the agenda for January so we can, right. you know, prove that unless we have some sort of an emergency declaration mm -hmm. of some sort, that I don't know whether that's possible or not. 
you know, what are our options here? We can't do anything with it until it's on the agenda. Right. We couldn't take a motion or take action on it. And um, I just want to like chime in from a health department perspective, um, you know, to date that I believe my understanding since I've been here, the Northborough Health Department, we have sort of followed along with the state. We haven't enacted our own mass townwide businesses. So I do want to stress that in Northboro, municipal buildings do have a mask uh, requirement. And that was a policy that was passed through the town administrative office. Um, we have similar mask mandates in municipal buildings. So like police, fire, library, senior centers, um, currently in other communities. Um, I know that uh, Algonquin Regional, you know, although they have extremely high vaccination rates, they have yet to sort of take up and decide to remove masks. West Bros um, High School uh, did vote to remove masks. Hopkinton did as well, but I also believe Hopkinton sort of stepping back for the holiday season, you know, so it's a real mix. Um, I just, I, I, I know um, I've, I've seen colleagues who are really struggling. Mask mandates, I understand, you know, personally, I wear a mask everywhere I go in a store. Um, but I just know we as a municipality don't have the ability to police and enforce this. Um, and what happens is, and we've seen this before early on, is, you know, it's, it's really every business. And we are asking the businesses, we're asking the lowest paid employees who are at the cash register, you know, who is going to enforce it if we move in that direction? And I think um, I think that's something we need to think about. When it came from the state level, we had the state behind us with the enforcement um, at this local level. I think if the board would to want to go that direction, it would be something worth bringing in the police department or other discussion and really thinking about the implications. Um, we are a very small staff here. Um, I think one step we could make, and I would recommend a lot of businesses for an interim, are moving to mass preferred. We do have a huge business listing and we can provide those materials to businesses and encourage it, educate them on the, the rates. And, you know, we are seeing more and more businesses required of their employees. It's a great direction. It's, it's a different step. I just personally have concerns with being able to enforce an order of that magnitude with the limited staff that we have. Yeah, the state didn't uh, pass the mandatory. They didn't reenact mandatory masking, but they, uh, what did they say? Is it strongly recommended? I, I don't like think the standard. Yeah, I think CDC has the strongest recommendation for wearing masks, you know, when indoors, you know, in, in public settings and areas of uh, what is it, uh, moderate to high risk, you know, with the CDC's map. So our area is in that, but DPH has not issued a mask mandate, nor has the state. So um, it's there's really? there's no requirement. I think it's encouraged for clearly encouraged by P CDC is probably the clearest guidance. Well, I think the state should get on it. I know it's not a, it's not a popular, uh, but I think it's becoming more popular than less popular at this point. I think it's a good idea because it pe keeps people aware, you know, keeps people washing their hands and and wearing their masks and it keeps them more aware. I think, but uh, I would suggest we put it on for January 11th. Or the next meeting. So if we could do that. Would you like me to? So I'll put that on the draft agenda now and, and maybe consider um, 
maybe including the police department or any other groups? Because if, if, if we were to move forward with that, we would need support for enforcement or we would need to have an agreement yeah, that we wouldn't I mean, actively enforce. Enforcement, yeah, I think so. I think so. From the health point of view, I think it's a good idea at this point. And I don't normally say that. <laughs> I really don't, you know. But You're right, Glenn. I agree. You don't. I don't. But at this stage of the game, it's getting a little scary out there. And, and Kristen, scary. I'm sorry. I hope Algonquin is not moving in the direction of Hopkinton or Westboro. I haven't heard any indication that they are, um, but they, I believe the school, um, Algonquin Regional School has a school committee meeting maybe tomorrow. Um, okay. So that's something to, you know, West Bros, I understand that sort of came out of nowhere and people were very surprised that they passed it. So just like any board, it can change quickly. And we do, according to the state standards on the high school, we do have the vaccination rates required that they can apply for a waiver to lift the mask. So, yeah, we do. Um, but I don't know which yeah. way they're leaning. I haven't heard um, anything that that's likely to pass or discussions of date. So um, I, I don't think that's, um, I think that's being pushed off to January as well. And I the board- I the timing on that, ill-advised Ill at this point. You got, got to make it through till the December break at least, you know? Mm-hmm, yeah. Of course, after December break is when they're all going to come back and everybody's going to be breathing all over each other. <laughs> the travel to right. places. That's it. Does anyone else have anything to say about the mask mandate? No. No. Uh, let's hear about the grants. I know it's a lot of work, Kristen. Why don't you tell us about them? Okay, so I'll keep this very brief. Um, so we have two large grants. So just to recap, the Public Health Excellence Grant for the Greater Boroughs, that's the uh, $300,000 a year. We're in uh, great shape. We're fully hired. So um, our other part-time nurse was brought on. Jim Frederick was hired by Sam and BNA, and he is providing office hours to the town of Westboro. Um, Diane's continuing to do a phenomenal job on our food inspections, and Erin Shanahan is, is still housed here at Northboro Town Hall, supporting the towns with office hours of Northboro, Southboro, and Boylston. Um, I did want to just, I'll move on quickly to our next grant, which is newer. Um, we just received the funds were um, probably being deposited this week. So this is a newer grant to support contact tracing um, for the same group, the Greater Boroughs, so the four towns. Um, and this is specific to health support for COVID-19 case investigations and contact tracing. So the Greater Boroughs Partnership for Health had met, I believe it was late November, and we're in agreement to contract, expand our contracted nursing services with Sam and BNA. Sam and BNA has hired two nurses, uh, Heather and Penny. They're brought on for 24 hours each, um, and they're also possibly bringing on additional per diem nursing services. Um, or in those nurses, one's an RM, one's an LPN, they are providing just contract tracing, you know, calls to residents in the four communities. And that is ramping up. Um, and the town of Northborough has posted and will begin interviews starting tomorrow for a 19 hour a week epidemiologist position. And that is hired um, through the local, you know, through the town of Northborough. So it'd be contracted nurses with Sam and VNA this epidemiologist position, and it's really to support our COVID-19 response. Um, and we have some great candidates, thanks to Lisa for circulating and other members. We have two phenomenal candidates from um, 
uh, you know, epidemiology PhD programs and uh, another qualified RN and some um, applicants that came from the Community Tracing Collaborative, which is um, ending. So um, look for more information on hopefully the filling of that position um, in, the, in the coming week or so. And so that's all I have. Can I, I, don't ask, have to... uh, can I ask one question about this contact uh, tracing? Do you, do you have to be on a list? Like, do I have to put my name on a list? So that if uh, if someone says, oh, I was in CVS and I was in line and, you know, French was standing behind me, um, they have my name and they call me? How does well, that, the you know, state does have, how does that work? Yeah, so the state does have an app um, that you can enroll in. Forgive me, I can't think of the name of the app right now. I don't know if anybody can chime in. So there is an app, um, Mass Notify, I believe is the name of it, where you can actually enroll. So if you are standing next to a COVID positive person in the grocery store and you meet that definition, you would be alerted. Um, right. But, you know, you would have to enroll. That's optional. And it's based off your phone and, and you know, right. uh, your personal health information is protected. Um, but really, the way it works on contact tracing is whenever you go for a test at a lab, a free site, your doctor's office, CVS, Walgreens, They'll ask you your name, your phone number, where you live. It's just your basic information. And if that is a positive um, disease, you know, like COVID-19 or something that we track, if it's, you know, it could be a tick-borne illness, a food-borne illness or something, that gets yeah. triggered in the state system and your local board of health is notified. So if you went to CVS and test positive, the number you provided to the CVS when you registered would be sent to our local board of health. And we would reach out to you um, to notify you that you tested positive and provide you the appropriate, you know, um, isolation guidance and, and how to notify our close contacts. So I notify them. Well, I would notify people. I yes. tested positive and I call my aunt and say, oh, auntie. Yes. So that's changed right. a little bit early on. We would call you uh, and we would say, you know, uh, Mr. French, you uh, you tested positive. Could you please provide me the names of any close contacts and their phone numbers? And the Board of Health right. would proactively go out and contact them directly. Um, given yeah. the high case rates, the state has modified our contact tracing guidelines for local boards of health. And now we're supposed to instruct positive individuals to directly contact their close contacts and provide them the quarantine instructions. And if they um, are incapable of doing so, we're supposed to assist them. Um, but with 150 cases and all the contacts, you know, we're all doing our best. Yeah. So it's, it's been streamlined yeah. a little bit. The schools are a whole nother story. The schools are extremely thorough and they sort of follow a more yeah. detailed contact tracing protocol. But um, if you were to test positive tomorrow, I would call you and I would say, do you understand these instructions? Do you, you know, this is who your close contacts are. We're asking that you would contact them, notify them, and if they have questions, they could call the Board of Health. And that's what that grant is for. Yeah, the, the, want to do that. The staff to help support that. Okay, I have no further questions on that. Anyone else? No. Good. Okay. Um, lastly, I guess we go through the um, review of the the minutes from October 12th. So I read them, I, nothing stood right out to me. I read Did them. Anyone? Okay. Is 
Does anyone have any uh, comments, concerns, additions, or subtractions they'd like to present? No comments. No. No comments. Okay, then uh, I'm going to take this one, and uh, I move that we approve the October 12th, 21 uh, meeting minutes, and uh, that's it. So, uh, someone going to second that motion, please? I second it. All right, the leap seconds it, and then uh, all those in favor, we got the leap. Yes. Teresa? Yes. Swati? Yes. And myself. Lisa, you don't get the vote on that because you weren't there. That's right. Very good. So those uh, meeting minutes are approved as recorded. And unless there's any other business, we'll pick a new uh, uh, upcoming meeting date. I think January 11th has been Valued around 2022. Yeah. Crazy. Anything else, Kristen? <laughs> That's it. Very thorough meeting. All right, then. Well, I move that uh, we adjourn this meeting for this evening. Second. All those in favor? Aye. Everybody. Aye. 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 Very good. I guess that does it. I want to uh, wish everybody a happy uh, winter break, holiday season, and